talking a lot about breaking the spirit of oppression over our lives, and I have really been excited about the uh, changes I've seen in people's lives through this uh, series, not only here in church, but people listen to it uh, online, and uh, the revelation that has come to people that, hey, you know, I, I really didn't understand what was going on and realized that it's an oppressive presence that uh, has been keeping their lives bound and, and keeping them from moving forward and, and excelling in life. And um, you didn't get saved to sit in misery until Jesus comes. Amen. Amen. That, that, if, that's, if that's all the born-again life is, then that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that really exemplifies what Paul said, you know, if, if, if in this life only we have hope, we're of all men most miserable if, if, uh, if, if, if we just one of these days get to go to heaven, but it doesn't make any changes in our life now, then our gospel is extremely weak. And, uh, but the fact is, it's right now, today. The power of God is present with us today. He is omnipresent. His, his presence is, is, uh, covers the whole earth. But then there's, there's also the manifest presence of God. And the manifest presence, personally, you know, we, we, have, we have a time of, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it, the uh, productive presence of God or whatever. When we come together as, as a body and begin to worship and, and things, we feel the presence of God. You know, the, the omnipresence becomes uh, even heavier with us. But there is a manifest presence of God that dwells with you and in you, and uh, you can experience that in your life all the time. If we can just grab hold of that and and and, and let God uh, manifest in our lives, He's real. Amen. He is real. Praise God. He is real. Thank you, Lord. I've I've had an op. I just thank God for the opportunity that uh, of ministry. You know, every day we have we have the opportunity to uh, help people, to touch people's lives, and. And uh, to uh, and we don't even realize it a lot of times. Listen, a lot of times you don't know your efforts are actually bringing forth results. And but just keep going because they are bringing forth forth results. I met with a, a pastor the other day at, up in the Joplin area, and we were going over some plans. And uh, they want me to do a a, a a minister's retreat for him. And so I was meeting with him, and he was trying to explain a couple to me in his church, and he said, you know, the couple that had the deaf boy, and you prayed for him, and he was healed. I said, I didn't know anything about that. You know, he said, oh, yeah, he's perfectly well. He was healed that night. His ears were open, he, and he was completely healed. And, and I, said, I said, wow, <laughs> thank God. You don't always know that what you're doing brings what kind of results it brings forth, but you just got to be available. You got to make yourself available. And uh, you know, I, was, I was, ran into Walmart the other day, which is not one of my favorite things to do. Shopping is not, you know, what I like to do. I don't like to shop online. I don't like to shop in stores. Sister Betty does my shopping. And so, you know, that's kind of how we take care of it. But I, uh, <laughs> then she gets aggravated at me because she'll buy me a shirt or something, and if it don't fit just right, I just won't even wear it. And 
so she just gets frustrated with me. But I ran, in, ran into Walmart real fast to grab something, and I was I, going out the out the counter, and I, I, I usually try to get in, get in and out the outdoor section because there's normally few people in there. And so that's, a, that's the area that I go in and try to check out there. And, and I was coming out, and I, I was heading toward the uh, checkout, and this lady standing there, you know, just all of a sudden, I just begin to realize what was going on with her. And she's, you know, checking the stuff out. And can you can imagine a stranger come up and do something like this. I mean, just, and she's checking the stuff out. And after, after she gets done, I looked at her and I said, listen, I know you're not where you want to be. And I know life, you're really frustrated right now. And and things aren't going the way you, are, you want them to go. But I said, you have got to get rid of that tension. You are so tense that you're not even breathing. You're just barely breathing all the time. I said, your, your brain is starving for oxygen, and you're frustrated right now, and you're, you're having a real problem even functioning because your brain is starving for oxygen because you're so tense, you're not even breathing. I said, now take a deep breath. Just, just start. <laughs> Her eyes are about this big. And, and I, I said, listen, the things, there's been events in your life that has brought you to this place, and you don't like where you're at, but it's just a place. But you need, you've got you've to break through that, that tension that's, that's just, I said, if you don't, it's going to cause you a lot of problems. And uh, she just stood there looking at me, and finally she said, you're exactly right. And I said, okay, today I want you to practice. Every few minutes I want you to think about it and practice breathing. You know, you just never know what's what's going on in people's lives, and you don't you don't know really what you can do. It, I mean, it's not good to do that very often because you know, thankfully there wasn't people waiting in line to check out, or you know, I would have had I would have had to took everybody through breathing, you know. <laughs> but every day of our life, there's opportunity around us to impart to somebody. Something about God, something about the presence of God, something that, that uh, you know, really, you know, I didn't, I didn't get real spiritual with this lady because I just didn't feel like it, was, it was, would be appropriate and she wouldn't receive it at that point. But I feel like what I did caused her to say, wow, something is bigger here than I am, you know, and you got to plant the seed. You get some plant, some water. But every day around us, there's an opportunity for us to impart the, the thing is, is we have to get past our own lives in order to do that. You can't be totally consumed with yourself and what's going on in your life and your problem uh, to do that. And the only way we can do that is if we're resting in the presence of God. Amen. Because our own lives, you know, are, are, we got all kinds of stuff going on. You know, everybody's got stuff going on. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got uh, things that are coming against their life. Very few times do we have that, that, that feeling of euphoria where, hey, everything's great. You're probably on drugs if you, you're having that. Just joking. Not really. But you, you've got you've to learn to connect with God. You've got to learn that right now, right now, the presence of God is here. Right now in your life, He is present and He's working. 
and we just got to simply receive that. In, in, um, let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. This, this one of those Sundays where I have so much, I have been studying so much this week, and um, so many things going on in my head. I'm just going to, I'm going to have, I'm going to have to do one of, one of these numbers. Okay, that's where I'm going to go. Galatians chapter 5. We're talking about the, the fruits of the Spirit, about being true freedom, that we have true freedom. And I want to I kind of explain that a little bit more, and I want us to grab hold of this, where we really understand it uh, in a little greater measure. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, or the evidence, what, what the Holy Spirit produces in you, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. When I read that the other day, that last phrase just really grabbed my attention. And when I, I read that, against such, there is no law. And I thought, God, what is, there's something here. There's something we need to understand about this. Against such, there is no law. In other words, there is, nobody can bring a charge against these things. There's no condemnation in the fruits of the Spirit. You know, when, when it talks about long-suffering, that is not something that you try to do and you're trying to work up patience the whole time being impatient. You know, trying to endure, it's actually a state where you're not worked up. You can actually be at peace when you're having to suffer long with somebody or in a situation. It doesn't affect you. It, it's, it's a spiritual presentation of who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit is in you. It's not something you're trying to do. It's something that is produced in you. Amen. And, and so when it says, against such there is no law, there is no judgment. Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, therefore, or Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Therefore, being justified by faith. Paul said that, that nobody is justified by the law because you have to keep every, every one of, every little part of the law in order to be justified by the law. You know, uh, Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul. He, he was doing that to the best of his ability. He was trying to, to present himself uh, blameless when it comes to law, and, and it made him a very angry person. <laughs> I mean, he was killing people because he was, so, he was so worked up about, you know, making people abide by the law. And when, when faith began to be preached and when people started preaching grace and faith and salvation through Jesus Christ, it angered him so much because he had put so much effort into this and now somebody has the audacity to say that by grace you are saved. And then Paul had an experience with this Lord and had to go away for three and a half years to understand what this gospel was. Paul didn't just immediately get up and go start preaching. He had to stop. He had his life went on hold for over three years while while he he tried to understand the gospel. Because he didn't have an understanding of the gospel. 
And he ended up being the one that writ, wrote most of the New Testament about grace and about mercy and about, and, and it's because he had to go and, and allow Holy Spirit to teach him. And then it was several more years before uh, Peter finally introduced him to the church and said, hey, here's your uh, brother Paul. And, and everybody says, that ain't Paul, that's Saul. We know him. He's a killer. We don't want anything to do with him, you know. And Peter had to, had to uh, you know, be his, his uh, lawyer, so to speak, and say, you know, he's changed. He's different, you know. And, and so Paul had to, had to go through this process of changing his mindset from the works of the law and the battle of the flesh to the power of the Holy Spirit and the, and the power of the gospel to change our lives and, and to, to get it, you know, to, to understand the different, understand law and grace. Law, being, being under grace doesn't mean that you can just go out and live any way you want and just break the law and just, you know, just, just, it means that you have inside of you, that God has now written his law inside of you. You have a different spirit. You have a different attitude. You got a different motivation. You know, it's like the other day when I, when I went up to, to Joplin to, have, to meet with this pastor, uh, you know, I just, it was a nice day, so I jumped on my Harley and, and rode my Harley up there. And I thought, you know, might as well. And so, but anytime you do that, you got to deal with all the people that aren't obeying the laws, you know, of physics. <laughs> and so I'm riding along, and I had to get on I-44 for a little bit, and, and then I jumped right back off on, on another road. But I, here I am on I-44, and of course, you know, there's all, the, you know, these trucks and everything, and, and it's, it's actually a very relaxing thing to me, but you got to be aware all the time. you got to be constantly aware of your surroundings, which isn't hard because I'm always aware of my surroundings, you know. No matter where I'm at, I'm aware of my surroundings. So that's just a natural state. And I'm riding along, and all of a sudden, here comes this guy passing me. I'm running uh, somewhere around the speed limit. And uh, what's allowable? And all of a sudden, here comes this guy passing me. And when he's going by me, he's driving, and he's running pretty fast. And he's got his phone up like this, and he's he's driving, and he's he's looking right at his phone. Going, and I'm I'm looking at him. You know, I'm riding my bike. I'm looking at him. You know, I'm wanting to throw something at him or something. You know, and and here he goes flying by me, pulls over in front of me slows down. I get out, I pass him, get ahead of him. Pretty soon, here he comes, flying by me again. Still the same thing, got the phone up like this. He's driving, he's got the phone up like, like this, and he passes me again. Pulls over in front of me, slows down. I get out, I pass him again. And so we're going down the road, and pretty soon, here he comes, just to fly. Still got the phone up there looking at the phone, and goes by me, and, and pulls over in front of me again. And so I pull out and I pass him again. And so, you know, all this, all this stuff, you know, you're thinking there's laws about this stuff. You know, I, I think there is anyway. I, I would, 
You know, when I'm riding my bike, I would like it if when you got in your car, they're, they're, they're making these cars to compensate for our lack of attention, you know, where they'll stop by themselves, where they'll, they'll warn you when you're going line to line. I guess, I guess they finally gave up and think we're just going to stare at our, our, our phone screen so the car's got to do the driving for us. I, I, think they, I think they're working backwards. They ought to have it to where when you get in your car, all, all electronics just go dead. I know I'm messing with the future. I don't really care for that stuff. I, li- I want people to be responsible for what they're doing. You know, not have a car have to stop for you. You know, watch! Anyway. I'll try not to flesh out here on you today. But what I was thinking about that is... See, we have to pass laws to try to keep people from doing that kind of stuff, you know? Well, the only way that law is empowered, if there's somebody that has the authority of the law there at the time to stop them, okay? And then they get in trouble for it, or they get a ticket, and it costs them, or whatever. Now, the difference, that is, that is law, Law is trying to control behavior from an exterior uh, authority. But salvation, being born again, is like this. If I could have got in that car and downloaded some sense and wisdom into his brain, there wouldn't have to be a law. Because he would have naturally done what he was supposed to do. Am I, are y'all following me here? He wouldn't have been looking at his phone. He would have realized, hey, I need to be responsible for the people around me, and I need to take care of them. I, there is a responsibility. See, that's the difference between law and salvation is when we, ha- when we are trying to obey God according to the, just the law, then we, we have an exterior authority trying to regulate our behavior. But when you're born again, John chapter 3, when you're born again, that exterior moves into the interior, and now we have a law on the inside of us regulating our behavior from the inside instead of the outside. Amen. Why don't you turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 8. I've been, this, this whole week, last two weeks, matter of fact, I have been studying cognitive uh, neuroscience um, and, and uh, stuff like that. And it's, you know, I can't get into that stuff today. I keep, I'm fighting myself, you know. And quantum physics and everything that uh, it, it's amazing how we understand how we, you can understand how things work. I mean, they're they're proving that God is real. Amen. But we are so much bigger than our physical bodies. Our brains are not our our mind and our brain are separate. They're they're two different things. We think that it, that everything is just our our physical brain is everything. No, our physical brain is just the house. Our physical brain is just the electronics. It is the but the presence. What's flowing on the electronics is our mind, and our mind comes from God. Our mind comes from the Spirit. Our mind is so much bigger than what our body is. Our mind is so much. Matter of fact, our mind is so powerful it can actually rewire your brain. 
And if we ever got a hold of anything in the church, it's the fact that you can change your brain. Amen. In uh, Romans chapter 8, I want us to, I want us to, to look into the fact that, that we, we have a presence, we have a position with God. Now, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. What did we just get through talking about? The fruits of the Spirit against such there is no law. And now it says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, when they asked Jesus about the laws, he said there's, there's, there's two laws, love God, love your brother, your neighbor. That sums up the two laws. What was Jesus talking about? He was talking about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are two categories. One, the, the first one is love God. Four. It's not five and five. It's the first, first four are love God. The next six is love your neighbor. Isn't it amazing how it, it took four for God and six for each other? Love your neighbor. And so Jesus said, there's two laws, love God, love your neighbor. And, and so he says that this is fulfilled in us through the Spirit of God. We, we have to understand that when, when we were born again, in the Garden of, of, of Eden, when, when Adam, and in, Adam and Eve sinned, Adam and Eve, I've got to slow down. <laughs> my physical brain is not keeping up with my mind. When Adam and Eve sinned, immediately there was a an awakening that took place. But that awakening was not a good awakening because that awakening was of their flaws, of their inabilities, of their shame. And so immediately there was fear. When God came into the garden, they, they ran and hid. That which was accepted, loved, and anticipated now is, is fear and rejection. It wasn't God rejecting them. It was them rejecting God. Amen. We always turn that around. People, people are always putting it on God. I don't know if God will accept me. I don't know. Hey, the problem is you're not willing to accept God. You're afraid of him. You're afraid. You got fear. You got shame. But immediately they said, they, God was saying, where are you? And he ran, they ran and hid themselves. They made themselves little, little uh, aprons and things to, to try to cover themselves because all of a sudden they realized they were naked and they did not think that they were acceptable. What is it that drives people today? Is it not being acceptable 
I need to be accepted. Well, I'm not accepted. Well, I, that person's judging me. You shouldn't judge. I hear the word judge so much that it just makes me sick. Why are we so bound up by judgment? Everybody has the right to their personal opinion, just like you have the right to your personal opinion. Why is it that everything bothers us so much today? Don't judge me. Well, you probably judged them. They just voiced it before you did. Matter of fact, when you think they're judging you, you just judge them because you're judging their intent when they might not have had that intent, but they were not judging you. Maybe they were judging you, but they might not have been judging you because you judge them. I mean, we get in this, we get in this quagmire in our mind of you don't have the right to criticize me. Well, most people with common sense won't just walk up to you and criticize you. But there are people that don't have common sense. Lord, help us. I did something really bad at a church one night. I wasn't at my church, so I was acting out. I was fleshing. I was, you know, it, it was flesh. I just, I'm just going to admit it. I walked in, and whatever possessed this lady, I have no idea. I mean, I walk in to this church, and this lady walks straight up to me. I knew that they, they wore suits at this church, so I wore a nice suit, you know? Nicest that I had. It's probably five or six years old because I don't go shopping. I walked in this church. This lady walks up and shakes my hand, looks at me and says, that suit really don't look good on you. First time I'd ever met this person. And normally I'm I'm Mr. Congeniality. <laughs> but all of a sudden I thought, hey, I don't pass this church. There's no repercussions. And I leaned forward. I still had hold of her hand. I leaned forward, got right down in her ear, and I said, Lady, unless I give you permission, don't ever speak to me again. And just looked back, grinned at her, and I said, Got it? Bless you. And it just walked off. Oh, I, I fleshed out big time. I mean, but we didn't have to worry about that anymore. I wasn't judging her. I was just simply bringing wisdom it's my job to bring wisdom y'all tensing up thinking oh, can't believe you did that i can i was being nice <laughs> but we 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 are so we we we've got this thing that i'm not acceptable and so i have to constantly defend myself because i'm not acceptable but when you come into Christ and you really realize what hap happened, you stop hiding in the bushes with Adam and Eve and you come out in the open and say, Jesus has redeemed me. He has made me acceptable. He has made me guilt-free and I am good enough for Jesus, therefore I'm good enough for everybody else. And you get out in the open and you start living a free life because you are no longer hiding in the bushes with shame, 
fear and, 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 and uh, frustration of yourself. You're no longer looking at yourself saying, oh, I don't know if God will accept me. He's already told you to accept you. He's already covered you. He's already forgiven you. You can run into his house, run into his presence, jump on his lap, and he'll say, good to see you. But until we get to the point where we get off of this Adam and Eve thing and be renewed in the spirit of our minds and start realizing who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ and start saying, I do not, I am not going to walk a life of condemnation as a child of God. I'm not going to self-condemn. It's not people judging you that bothers you. It's people agreeing with your own judgments of yourself. That's why we get mad. Because somebody says something. I wasn't that lady I, I corrected. I wasn't mad at her. Matter of fact, I was kind of happy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to try to be nice. I was just being, you know, I just, hey, pastor, you got to deal with this. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Whenever we, whenever we understand who we are in Christ, it changes everything about us because we, start, we, we stop defending ourselves. We stop trying to make people believe that we're okay. We have nothing to prove. We have nothing to defend. We don't take ownership of other people's uh, problems or responsibilities. We don't have to try to measure up because we can't measure up. Jesus has already brought us up. We're in Christ. How can you measure up to what you're already into? You are in Christ, so you have already been placed in to the place of where God is accepting you, and therefore you can, you can rule and reign with Jesus. Why? Because he paid the price for you. It's not you trying to, trying to be somebody. You know, I'm not trying to be a Christian. I am trying to go. I'm trying to be in Christ. And when we're born again, we're born of spirit. So just to sum all this up, originally in the Garden of Eden, the reason there's no law against the fruits of the Spirit, because in the Garden of, of Eden, originally that was the template of humanity. That was the original template of humanity. Then sin came in, and then sin became the template of humanity. But when you're born again... You're born of spirit, not of flesh, but you're born of spirit. So you are renewed to the spirit that Adam and Eve had in the garden, and so you are renewed to the original template of God. So now you have a different ruler inside of you. You have somebody inside of you that can actually help you overcome and overcome. The, there's, there's a change that has taken place. Amen. I believe, the boy, I believe in being born again where it changes you. Amen. Not where you just say, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And No, you changed. I like to see people born again where everybody looks better when they, when they get up from the altar. I mean, where the sky is bluer, the grass is greener, and, the, and they love everybody when they get up from the altar because there's been a change that has taken place inside of them. Amen. Praise God. I like it where they go down mad and come up happy. 
when, when we understand that change that has taken place, then we, we realize that I, have, I, can, I can actually change my life through the power of the gospel. Now listen, when we're born again, it, the, the power is put in us. But Paul said in, in, in Galatians uh, chapter 4, I can't remember what verse it is, but he said, he said, till Christ is formed in you. He was talking to the Galatian church, which had, had come to the gospel, received the gospel, and then they'd given ear to uh, some people that was trying to get them to go back into ceremonialism. And so Paul came back to him, and, and he was disappointed in him. He, was, he said, you did run well. What hindered you? And so he's disappointed in him, and he's talking to him, and he said, he said that he was going to come back and, and, and minister to him until Christ is formed in you. There is a forming that has to take place in our life. If we don't go through that forming process, then our old life, our old mindset will start taking over again because you have a brain that is programmed. Your spirit has changed, but your brain hasn't been reprogrammed, okay? Your brain is neurological pathways, and when, it, when we're born again, we, we get a new spirit, but our brain is still functioning and operating the way it used to, and so we have to change it. Did you know that every 10 seconds, you have the ability to evaluate your thinking and, and feeling and, and choosing? Every 10 seconds, we have the ability in our mind, not our brain, but in our mind, we have the ability every 10 seconds to think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose, think, feel, choose. Every 10 seconds, you can evaluate what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and your choices that you're making. It is, that is the ability of humanity. And when we realize we've got all these memories in our brain, now hang in there with me. It's only three, 4 after 11. We've got plenty of time till 2.30. <laughs> when you realize that you are born again, you've got a new spirit, you feel better, you've, everything seems better, but your brain is still functioning the way that it's wired to function. Okay? It's, it's like having, a, having an old IBM computer with a deal about that big, and, but having the access you know, to one of these new computers. Well, that ain't going to fit, is it? You can't, I don't know much about, about this stuff. When I have problems with computers, I, I talk to people that know how to do stuff with computers, and I just want them to tell me what button to push. <laughs> there it is, you know. But I don't understand the whole programming thing, okay? I don't understand the ones and zeros. I don't want to understand the ones and zeros. There's stuff I simply don't want to know. And that's one of them. I have enough trouble. You know, I, I understand people. That's, that's enough for me. And so whenever we get born again, we, the Spirit of God is imparted into us, but then we have all these old memories and we have all this old programming in our brains that has to be redone. The power of, of the gospel is that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, Romans 12 and 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You're presenting yourself, not just your body, but your brain, to be a sacrifice. You're sacrificing yourself unto God so that you can be renewed. And then verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's he saying? He's saying that your old 
thinking, your old brain, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, talks about that we put off the old man which grows corrupt according to the flesh and that we be renewed in our, our spirit of our mind and that we put on the new man. In every part it's been renewed in the spirit of your mind. The Holy Spirit works in your mind and, and helps you rebuild and rewire your brain and that's what discipleship is all about. That's why that, that we can't just have wonderful presence of God because your brain is still functioning the way it used to. And so you get in the Word of God and you start reading the Word of God because as you read the Word of God, it gives, it gives your brain, your physical brain, the pattern to work from to agree with the Spirit. Are we, hope I'm communicating this good. One of the biggest downfalls that we have in the church is that we're born again with old thinking. We're born again with brains that have not been rewired. Okay? Help you understand this. Every time something happens, you can just be full of the Spirit of God. But your brain is still working and operating on its old program. Okay? So you're full of the Spirit of God. You're just loving God, loving life. And all of a sudden something happens that brings something up. See, the law, of the, law of, the, of the mind, the law of the brain is incoming, upcoming. Incoming, upcoming. Everything that happens triggers a memory, triggers a thought. And so immediately when, when something happens, when somebody, somebody can just, just say something that tags into an old agreement that you have in your brain, you know what happens? immediately that program kicks that up and that thought is what is presented. That feeling, that emotion, that toxic situation is what comes up. And so instead of walking by the Spirit of God, you all of a sudden a toxic thought comes up and you find yourself acting in a toxic way. And then you say, well, I must not even be saved. No, you're saved. Your brain just needs to be reprogrammed. You can't cover that over. What we do, and the power of positive confession that, that began to be preached real strong in, in the 70s in, in the charismatic movement, it, it, had a, a, it had a place and a truth, but it failed in that it didn't deal with the problem. It tried to cover it over. And so they begin to teach that if you were sick, you couldn't confess that. You had to say, no, I'm not sick. I'm healed. Your body's saying, I'm sick. Your brain is saying, I'm sick. You're trying to override that and say, I'm healed. And, and that's the you know, positive confession. Part of that is true. The problem with that is every time you do it, according to, according to cognitive neuroscience, you, you cause brain damage every time you do that. You, sort, you short circuit the process of your brain every time you do that. And so you're constantly causing brain damage by saying, by having a belief inside of you, but denying it and saying, that's not what I believe. And so you're, you're, you're not only causing brain damage, but you're, you're layering. You're taking band-aids and you're layering band-aids over a toxic thing. 
And after a while, that toxic thing is going to blow through those Band-Aids and it's going to come out and you're going to think, where did that come from? It came from your brain. It's a program in your brain. That has to be brought up and dealt with. If you don't bring it up, then every time something comes in agreement with that, every incoming thing is going to be an upcoming thing. And so we, we constantly have this upcoming that causes us to respond. That's your responder. What comes up in your spirit, in your brain, in your mind, is what you respond by. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit is that we have the ability every 10 seconds to reevaluate think, feel, choice. And so think, feel, choice, think, feel, choice. Every 10 seconds, we have, the, we have the ability to what quantum physics says is superposition. We can go into what is called superposition. And I've done this for years and didn't even know what it was. I, I'm glad I finally got a title for it. Superposition is where you can actually step back from your brain, the operation of your brain, and what's going on, and evaluate the situation while you're in the situation. And so when, when all of a sudden something comes at you and, and it brings up a toxic thought or a toxic memory inside of you and you feel this wrong reaction, then the power of the born-again experience is that you can literally step away from that toxic situation, look at it, look at what happened, evaluate it, and say, you know, I'm not going to deal with I'm not going to respond to that anymore and you start dealing with that that you don't push it back down you don't suppress it you bring it up and you transform it and as you do that you begin to build new cells in your brain that starts compensating and and you build new pathways Oh hallelujah It takes 21 days when you're trying to deal with something like this now listen to us microwave generation it takes 21 days just to start building new proteins in your brain to start the connection. 21 days of you rehearsing constantly and dealing with this situation in your mind and going back to it and dealing with it and bringing truth to that feeling, bringing truth to that toxic situation. Not saying, well, I don't feel that way, but saying, I know that, that I feel that way. This is what happened, but this is the truth of the Word of God and beginning to put the truth of the Word of God into that situation. As you do that day after day after day, it takes 21 days for your brain to start gathering the proteins together to build a new place in your brain for that to live. You can't stop there. It takes up to 63 days for that to become a long-term memory that literally changes your behavior. Now, of course, we as Christians, we're always saying, oh, just lay hands on me and zap me. Woo, I'm better. Yeah, I'm waiting until the next thing happens that, that tags that and all of a sudden that toxic memory comes back up and you're saying, oh, no, that, that ain't, you know, that ain't me, that ain't me. That ain't me. Yes, it is you because you're acting on it. Come on, somebody. Am I, am I, going to, am I confusing everybody? <laughs> we, if there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, then we've got to stop trying to hide stuff. We've got to stop trying to cover it up. We've got to stop trying to, stop trying to uh, um, 
push it down in our spirit because it's always going to come back up. Somebody or something's going to trigger that in your brain. And it's not that you want to. It's just that automatically the program brings that up. Amen. We can't just say, well, I'm just not going to think about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, wait till you go to bed tonight. Yeah, your brain's going to think about it. That's what happens when we lay down at night. You know, a lot of people can't go to sleep because their brain, you know, it's like when you lay down, your brain goes, bedtime, time to work on things. And you can't think, you can't, you can't rest. Why? Because you're, all of a sudden your brain starts trying to process through all the things that you don't feel good about. It's not things you feel good about because you don't think about those things. Why is it always the problems that start coming up? It's because there hasn't been any answers applied to that situation or that area. And so we have to apply answers to that situation or that area. And it's not a short, it's not a simple little thing. We have got to quit wanting to just microwave ourselves into health and into mental health. And we've got to start applying ourselves into mental health. Amen. Matter of fact, I have said for a long time, and, and I haven't said this out open, I've said this in talking with other leaders a lot of times, that the church has, has created more schizophrenic people than any other organization. We have. But it's because of the way we deal with things. You know, we, we, we deal with it like, well, if, if you got saved, all that's supposed to be gone. Old things pass away, behold, all things become new. Well, it happens in the Spirit. You're forgiven. Everything's gone. But your old rotten brain hasn't changed. Your brain is a physical organ. Your mind is a spiritual entity. Okay? Your mind. Your brain is a physical organ. In order to change that physical organ, you've got to go through the processes, and the Bible teaches us to go through these processes. Paul teaches us to go through these processes. We've got to go through the processes of rewiring our brains to where the things that we meditate on, where, where Paul said, uh, think on these things. What was he saying? He wasn't saying deny everything else, but he's saying this is how you rewire your brain. You start putting in things. You constantly meditate on things that are good. And as you do that, your brain starts building proteins and making connections and making neurological pathways to where your brain starts submitting to the Spirit of God and thinking like the Spirit of God. That's why Paul had to go on the backside of the desert for a long time until he could get to the point where his brain was rewired to the point that he could, number one, deal with his own shame... Number two, deal with the rejection he was going to face. And number three, embrace the call that God had put on his life. All that had to take place in order for Apostle Paul to be who we call Apostle Paul. Where he constantly said, you know, not, don't give any, any, any place to the flesh. What was he saying? He said, oh, you got you to you get that thing redone. You got to rework that brain. You can't, let that, you can't let that stuff control you. If we just keep covering stuff up, this is why I said that we've produced more schizophrenic people because we got people that live one way and confess another way. Instead of dealing with the problems, instead of dealing with the issues, we cover them over because I'm supposed to be a Christian.
And so I can't, I can't present this because I'm supposed to be a Christian. What are people going to think? Biggest, most damaging thing there is. Everybody has a story. We got to deal with our story. Amen. You can't just all of a sudden adopt a new story. You, you got a new spirit. You got a new Lord. You got a new power. But you got to deal with your story. Amen. This is powerful enough that you can actually rebuild. There, through, through, this type of, through this type of therapy, and I'm not, I'm not trying to do away with the Spirit. I, it's the Spirit of God that has enabled us and gives us the power to do this. But, but by focusing and by, using, by understanding that God has given us a mind, we have a soul that the Holy Spirit takes control of, and it's so powerful that we can literally rewire and repair our brain. You might have brain damage, but through the right therapy and through the right thinking and through the right process, you can literally repair your brain. You know why? Because you're only using 10% of it. So you got a whole 90% up there that's just doing nothing. So all you have to do is, you know, if, if I'm working... If I'm working on elect electronics or electrical situations and I got a bad circuit or I got something that's not working right, if, if, I've got, if, if I've got other circuits that are empty that aren't doing anything, all I have to do is transfer the wiring to that other circuit and it works. Same way with our brains. Our brains have been damaged by sin. Our brains have been damaged by this world. Our brains have been damaged by situations and by experiences that we've had. And we have these toxic things in our mind. And you're not going to get rid of them just by hoping they go away. You get rid of them by bringing them up, dealing with them, and bringing the truth of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit into that. And you reform that. You, re you restore that by the power of God. Let me tell you how powerful this is. There was a young lady that had a, was in a car accident. She was brain damaged. She was in a coma for weeks. The doctors told the mother that she will be a vegetable, and she will, if, if she comes out of it, she will, she will have about a fourth-grade mentality or, or a four-year-old mentality. And she was in between her junior and senior year in high school. Well, they... They took this idea. This is a Christian thing. This, isn't, this is Christian science or whatever you want to call it. Somebody that has studied God and the brain and the mind for 30 years and come to where they under, understand how this thing works. And they took this and through focused thinking and being able to take this, late, this girl into that and, and activate her brain she not only recovered, but she caught up with her, other, with her fellow students in her senior year, graduated, and went on to get a college degree. And the reason is because God created this brain to be fixed, to be repaired. And we as a church have got to start realizing that the Spirit of God is limited by the inability of our brains. Can I say that? Amen. In other words, as I started, I started teaching on this several years ago when, when I preached a sermon one morning that said, stop checking your brain at the door. As Christian people, 
That was back in, in uh, the late 90s. I preached that message, stop checking your brain at the door. And I started challenging us as a, as a church to start excelling and developing ourselves. And, and several, several did. I mean, several uh, really excelled during that time. And realize that, hey, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not just being born again. God's given me gifts. God's given me abilities. I need to develop these. Amen. The power of the gospel is not just that you get your spirit changed and we're all done. The power of the gospel is that's just the beginning state. That's when you're born. That's when you, you got to start walking. Amen. You got to learn to talk. You got to learn. You got to learn all these things. You know, a, a child operates at genius level up to four years old. This little little youngin back here, she's a genius. She is operating at genius level. But then, somewhere around four years old, our brain starts slowing down. Our d- brain development starts slowing down, and it's because of the fall. We only use ten percent of our brain. God has the ability, the power of God, the Spirit of God has the ability to start activating the other parts to where we're able to excel and have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to stop. I've done dumped a lot of information on you guys. Praise God. <laughs> if, we, if we realize, listen, God created, this is the amazing part about God. If you understand quantum quantum theory or quantum physics, when you break a, when you break our bodies down to the quantum level, you're actually particles. You're billions and billions and billions of particles that are moving on energy waves. That's what you are. You think, no, I'm a physical body. No, you're actually energy part energy waves that have particles in it. The reason that we are in the form we are is because God gave commandment. When he formed us in the dust of the ground, he commanded the particles to, to form that way. When a baby's born, the reason it's, it's formed the way it is is because of the commandment of God. Hebrews says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. Amen. And again, in Ephesians, it says, in him all things consist. And so it's, it's the commandment of God that causes us to hold together. And when we realize that, we realize that God is able to recreate us because he's the one that built all the particles and the energy waves and put us together the way that we are anyway. And so God can rebuild us. If it wasn't for the law of God, I was sharing it with Sister Betty the other day, and she just kind of said, just, just hang on, my brain's tired. The law of God, you know, you got skin. The reason you have skin, that's actually just particles and energy waves that cover your body. Particles and energy waves that are all held together, but yet they're separate, individual particles. But, you, but it forms in skin. Well, when you die and you're buried, without the embalming process, of course, you die and you're buried in the ground, this body goes back to dust, becomes dirt again. Didn't lose the particles. The particles are still there. And then grass and trees 
pull you out of the dirt, and all of a sudden your skin is now leaves on a tree. Same particles on energy waves, just re re recreated. Particles don't disappear. All the particles in this universe, there's not particles added, nor is there particles taken away. It's all the same particles, and we have been assigned. Our bodies, our brains, our, everything has been assigned by God to be what you are and to hold together until the day that you die, and then you become something else. But your spirit, your mind, your spirit is immortal, eternal, going around traveling in this body. And if that, is, if that don't excite you, it helps me to understand that when things go wrong here with this body, I'm nothing but particles and energy waves, so all I needed is the power of God to realign the particles and energy waves inside of me. And all of a sudden, healing isn't such a mystery. <laughs> because we're particles and energy waves. And if I need healing, I just got to, you know, all, all I need is the Spirit of God inside of me to start, to start reassigning particles and energy waves, and all of a sudden I'm reproduced. Woo! Uh, some of y'all's on this whole thing of not aging and all that kind of stuff. Well, that's a whole nother, whole nother that's a whole nother message because I can show you in the Word of God, we're in the presence of God, nothing ages. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> I'm just going to leave you with that. <laughs> Praise God. So most of us don't have a spirit problem because we've been born again. We're seeking God. We want God. We're hungry for God. I've never seen a time where people was, wasn't, was more hungry for God, but they just don't know where to connect with Him. They don't know how to connect with Him. They're, but they're hungry for something. What is it? They're hungry for the presence of God. What most of us have is the fact that we have not allowed God to recreate what's in here. We're trying to serve God with an old program. We've got viruses in our program. I'm not sure what that is, but I know computers get viruses, and when they get viruses, it just messes them all up, you know? Except for Apple. Somebody told me the Apple computers don't get viruses. You know why? Because the program isn't accessible to that type of thing. It, it doesn't, they can't, they can't change it. Oh, come on, somebody. We need the Spirit of God inside of us because He doesn't get viruses. He doesn't get corrupted. When we yield to the Holy Spirit, He takes our old corrupt man the old man who grows corrupt according to the flesh, renews us in the spirit of our mind, and we put on the new man, and all of a sudden we're not the same person. We're different. We're different. Stand with me if you would. I promised myself that I wasn't going to get that deep into that today, but I, I did anyway. 
we've got we've got to start letting God renew us renew us that comes from two things the spirit you can't renew your mind without the spirit the spirit of your mind be renewed in the spirit of your mind Holy Spirit be renewed in the spirit of my mind and the word you take this word you take the words of Jesus you take the teachings and you repetitively get it inside of you and ask God to make it revelation to you and when the spirit and the word comes in all of a sudden there's something starts happening in your brain there's something starts being created in your brain it's called brand new pathways proteins start coming together pathways start developing and all of a sudden when something happens what what comes up not that old toxic thought now now some now a new thought comes up a word comes up the word of god comes up inside of you empowered by the holy spirit and gives you the ability to respond but the sad thing about the church is that most of us rely on somebody preaching to get our inspiration from. And I'm just going to tell you, that inspiration lasts 12 to 24 hours, and that's it. it, it and it dissolves in our brain. You can only hang on to that 12 to 24 hours. That's why you can leave a service and say, man, that was a good message. Thank God if you say that. And say, well, that was a good message. And somebody say, what did he preach on? Uh... We remember, we remember how it made us feel, but we can't remember the context of it or the text of it. We can't remember. So to be renewed, to be free, to really be free is where the fruit of the Spirit is no longer something we're trying to do, but now is the default mode of our life to where when something happens, Instead of toxic thoughts and memories coming up, now the fruits of the Spirit come up and activate. Father, I thank you for the Word. I thank you, God, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for your power. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, I give you praise for it. And, Lord, I just pray today that there would just be an awakening of us, Lord God, to help us realize we are not trapped. We are not trapped, Lord God. We are not, we are not in a place where we can't change. But Father, I thank you today that we can change. Our brains can change. Our lives can change, Lord God. We can, we can be completely recreated in the image of God. And Father, I just ask that you would give us revelation of that and help us, Father God, to, to uh, understand that. Thank you, Father. While I've been while I've been speaking today. Many of you have been thinking about the toxic thoughts that have come up and you've responded to those toxic thoughts. You know what I'm talking about. And I, want you to, I don't want you to cover them over anymore. Right now, many of you, some of you have responded to toxic thoughts this week and it's caused you problems. I want you to take those toxic thoughts and bring them out and help hold them up to God and say, God, I need to be renewed. I'm not going to deny this. I need to be renewed. I need to be changed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we present to you our story so that our story can be rewritten. Thank you, Father. God, God, write a new book. Write a new book in our lives today, Lord, in our minds. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.